and welcome to another episode of Go Mode Podcast. I'm Dante, and this is the spoiler log. I want to say a big good luck to everyone entering the main tournament qualifiers. They started this past Sunday. That's going to kind of be the only little bit of news we cover today. But since those have kicked off, I do want to wish everybody a good luck and hope hope they all work out for everyone. I hope everyone has a good time playing them. And I'm hoping we get some good storylines coming out of qualifiers into groups. Today's guest on the spoiler log is going to be Structural Mike. Structural Mike was someone that I've interacted with a little bit throughout the community. And I was really, really glad that he agreed to come on the show and chat with me. This one's a little long, maybe a little longer than the Tyler episode. I don't really know how long I'm going to make these. We're going to try and keep them within a little bit of a box, but I also don't want to kill off conversations. And looking back, there's a little bit at the end of this where I kind of wish we had more time. And I think that's kind of the way we want to have these. We always want a little more. So hopefully I can get a little more by hanging out with Mike occasionally after the fact. So without further ado, let's jump right on in. Lift that rock up and learn a little bit about Structural Mike. All right, Structural Mike, Rando's statistician in my head. Uh, welcome. How are you today? Oh, thank you, Dante. Uh, I am. I'm okay. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I have no idea what to expect, uh, but I'm excited <laughs> regardless. I'm a bit nervous. It's okay. I'm nervous too. I, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience interviewing people and I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask three questions and have like a, a five minute episode and I'm going to embarrass myself. Um, but, uh, but no, no, no reason to be nervous. Um, I guess let's just start things off like we do. Um, tell us, tell us all how you got into, uh, this, this game of a link to the past randomizer. Yes. It all started when I was little, um, and we got the game. <laughs> as it does for okay. most people like we were a big nintendo family uh, mm-hmm. so we all loved this game and i remember it very fondly all the parts except skull woods that my father had to play through uh because they, the wall monsters was, were scary did not okay. enjoy those no. <laughs> and then i mean i never I've, I've seen the of course the gdq rando events didn't stick with me at all until out of nowhere, my brother texted me like, hey, we should play Rando. And this was August 2020, prime Corona. I was dying for anything to happen. uh, I think a lot of us were. (laughs) Yeah, I was even getting back into League of Legends and hated myself for it at that time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine yeah I, I never hear any good stories about league unless it's like someone's esports success story <laughs> yeah. so my brother texts me or sends me a pm and like, oh, we should we should try rando i i, I played a seed it's cool it's like yeah sure hook me up bro and I, we couldn't stop playing it's so, just pr- pretty addicting yeah, it was like everyone describes it as you got to play the game again. A new, mm-hmm. the legendary game. And you got to experience it as you did the first time you played it. And it was great. It was amazing. Still is amazing. Although in a different way now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're here, what, almost three years later uh, from your starting journey of, of Randomizer. 
And uh, yeah, you're still one of the the leading charge people, I think, in the community as far as like wanting to try new things and, you know, trying to develop them, too, which we'll, we'll get to that, I think, in a bit. Um, but yeah, I think you have a great passion for Rando uh, as oh, a whole. You. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have a great passion. And like we, we played together, me and my brother, uh, played seeds. The first seed couldn't finish. We didn't find a lamp. We went everywhere. Oh, no. Check the spoiler. It's in in Swamp Palace. Like, oh, we, we went to Swamp Palace. Um, what we thought was Swamp Palace, you know, we're all, there's water, it's misery, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. Swamp Palace, it was Misery Mire. And, and then we learned about the waterway room in Swamp Palace with a hidden chest. And, oh, there's the lamp, you know. Oh, so, so the waterfall room in the back, I guess you never discovered that as a, as a kid playing it? No idea, but we rediscovered it. And that was my first interaction (laughs) with the community discord. Like I, I posted, Hey, where do we go? Where's this lamp thing? Like we can't find it. Right. Yeah. So I was very early on in, in the engaging with the community that way, just popping in with questions, not being afraid to embarrass myself, being a newbie. Oh yeah, sure. Because I just wanted to know things and people were helpful. It was nice. Yeah, I was going to ask like if that was a positive experience overall for you. Um, Yes. Because I've heard varying stories uh, on people's success. I think it depends on who replies. Uh, Yeah, certainly. Some people can come off as uh, uh, not the best, Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) as with all communities, but it was good. Like I, I was just happy that someone took the time to respond, honestly. And uh, I continued on with the interactions. I, I was very early on. I wanted to race this. I want to race this game. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And we found a ladder uh, relatively okay. early. And I convinced my brother to join. Like, we got a race on the ladder thing that's over here. No idea what's happening, what we do. <laughs> Start off a Twitch stream, you know, never done that before, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ladder was really like the hot topic around like your joining time. Yeah, that 2020 time was really when ladder was, you know, to the moon, basically, as they say. Um, But uh, I'm curious, you said your brother played on ladder with you. Does your brother still play at all or uh, has he moved on? Okay, he's moved on to to other things. He moved moved on quickly. He he kept the interest up uh, a normal amount, a normal range. And then Mm -hmm. does other things, plays other games. And he was way better than me. (laughs) He is way better at video games in general. He used to, he is one of these people who just absorbs the mechanics at a rate that is just beyond me. Like they, they do a trick once, like, yeah, I can do it now. Like he could almost hover after two months. Like he's oh, like, wow. he's just grinding the, the tech stuff. Like he was into that. Uh, and he would definitely be at the top now after three years if he was interested in playing. But instead I am here uh, in the mid range. <laughs> I'd say you're a little more than, than mid-range. We, we got to give you some more credit than that. Because, um, I mean, if you jumped into ladder, well, let's talk about ladder for a minute. Because I'm looking at your ladder stats here, which, you know, global. And you've been here since season one. So you've been in season ladder three. since the... 
Season three. Okay. Uh, all right. Season three. Because I saw season one and two here, but yeah, those are blank. Either way, that's 14 seasons, and you've got races across all of them, it seems. Uh, I wish I could say that. But, you know, a little over 50%, especially starting out, you're you're learning how to race uh, and, you know, how to play the game, basically, through ladder. Uh, instead of, like, group races and SG dailies that everybody forgets about, now we've got this, you know, ladder, you know... Uh, records page that you know is kind of like well this is going to haunt me or bless me till the end of time depending on what it looks like but i'd say considering you're learning you know having a plus uh, above 50 percent win rate is really good i i'll take your word for it like i i was just happy to win a few times to, to get my times done you know and as we know ladder is like the system is designed to keep you at 50 percent. you can never see you progress like right. if, you, if you progress, you get stronger opponents. You push you down to 50. Unless you're the very best that doesn't have equal opponents left to fight, you will always be at near 50. Uh, there's only like three of those people in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's definitely a few of those for sure. Uh, and so, depending on what time, I guess depending on what time of day someone enters, you know, that that, that list would grow a good bit. Yeah. But yeah, I was always looking at ways to measure myself that wasn't just did I win or not like mm-hmm. did my average times improve did my collection rate improve was my route valid as a route I was always into like what do people do what do they judge themselves by and it seems like a lot of people don't really have anything other than I won and I feel good or I lost and I feel bad and it I couldn't live sure. like that. I, I couldn't race like that. Like I would have yeah. last. <laughs> yeah, that going entirely on results is definitely something that will yeah. you know, I think in a, in a randomizer especially or in most things will uh you know, drive someone down more than build them up. Um I guess like, so what did you, with that learning and ladder, like how did you, besides just your average times, were there any things like just engaging with, you know, higher level runners uh, and, you know, talking strategies with them? Uh, I know you have, we'll get to this too, but I know you have like a huge stats ladder sheet that you kind of keep and maintain. Was that, was that spawned, I guess, due to your wanting to track things and uh, learn from other runners? Yes, absolutely. I, I tried to convince Danke that we need more stats on the ladder page. We need something to look at that isn't just win ratio because people want it. Mm-hmm. And people appreciate the, the, the stats sheet I made. So I'm certainly right in that. But uh, it was spawned from that, absolutely. And so I just made it myself. Like I, I scraped the website and I put together my stats and I thought, well, I made it. I might as well share it in case some other nerd want to see their own stats. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am not a UI designer, so it's it's just a spreadsheet, right? So only it's just people, data. It's only people who want to look at spreadsheets will look at it and, and use it. But right. I, I'm glad it's appreciated. Yeah, at least it's it's very readable. It's not just ones and zeros. It's not the binary code of, of all the data, which is, I think, super useful because, you know, just to 
trying to explore this a little bit. You know, you've got stuff like best win streak, worst lose losing streak, uh, how many times you were a pod winner, stuff like that. Like some people like to talk about that. You know, it's like, hey, I won the pod today. All right. Great. No, yeah. then it's, it's forgotten. You know, you kind of forget you did that. Um, I think having those stats for folks is like super awesome. Uh, but I can also understand why, you know, Duncan didn't want to do it himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it, he's it, doing he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot. Like, I understand the, like he would have to design a graphical interface with people to look at. And nobody wants to do that. I understand that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but going back to your, your question, like I was very early on when I didn't know many people, I, I was just posted questions in a Discord. Hey, I have a routing question. Here it is. And what do people do in this scenario? And a lot of people very quickly chimed in with their uh, professional opinion. Like, oh, this is the right way. <laughs> this is the perfect way. It's like, so that was very interesting uh, to engage that way. I'm sad that not uh, a lot of people do it. Like routing discussions rarely happen. I think, you know, in today's climate, I mean, I'm one to say this, you know, maybe a lot of runners feel intimidated to do something like that. Um, that that's one thing I think I kind of admire about you is that, you know, I remember seeing you a long time ago posting back when you were new. And I was just kind of like, I don't want to get involved with that because I felt like with my experience, it was going to devolve into being from constructive to destructive, like toxic talk between community members. And then your initial question would get you know, something along those lines would get, you know, lost in translation. Um, you know, I think we need more people who want to pose those types of educated questions for people and then get those educated answers. We don't we don't get a lot of that in this community, I think. I think it kind of resides more in uh, friend groups, per se, like across the community. Um, oh, absolutely. Like a lot of discussions have been had, like in those groups, like smaller right. like and, and as, as the community grows like more less people actually spend time talking in the main discord i think that's the other thing that we have so many fringe communities now uh, that right we don't it's just a hub now we go elsewhere most of the time mm-hmm. but two years ago the the satellite communities there was not a, a lot of them compared to now so maybe that's why right. we don't really need that thing. It's just sad to not see it happening yeah. more than. Yeah, it would. Own. It would definitely be nice to see something like that. Uh, I think like, I guess, you know, maybe maybe my apprehension with those types of discussions are, you know, a little biased because, you know, like I said, I would always assume something like that's going to go you know, down the toilet as far as, you know, the, the, the construct constructiveness of it. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's something we definitely need to do. We need, you know, as as you know, as this podcast of Go Mode podcast, like I guess, you know, we, we founded this or Tim founded this on learning. Maybe maybe we should lead the charge a little bit in, in doing that. Maybe we could take up that torch a bit. I, I definitely think there's room for more routing analysis. Like I, I enjoyed thoroughly um, like was it main tournament last year or two years ago? Vortex of Doom spent a lot of time in, in restream chat just saying his thoughts on what this route was. And he was the only sure. one doing it. I appreciated those comments a lot. 
because I was learning from that. Oh, this is the way to think. And mm -hmm. that was the only source. <laughs> Shit posting <laughs> and speed gaming. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. It can be better than that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely can. I mean, you you and I both have participated in these like async monthly spoilers. And when you have the log and you get to plan the route, it's in one month, it's really hard to dedicate all the time to knowing all the, the super niche ways to save frames here and there uh, compared to like, you know, how optimized the NMG route is. But I know you've been one of the people like when you participate in those, even your uh, true pot hunt spoiler that I was like, I don't even have the brain capacity to uh, <laughs> to route this. Um, you know, you were looking for ways to find the optimal route. That was the uh, best I guess, uh, monthly. It was so fun. <laughs> oh, man, that was one where I was like, if I do this, I'm going to find someone's route and I'm just going to duplicate it and do it one time and hope for the best. But I, I actually with work and life, I never got around to it. I kind of regret that. I guess I could go back and still play it. Oh, it even had a uh, bunny pocket in, in there. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to use those niche tricks and it actually saves time, like that's that's when it feels good, right? Yeah. More people uh, should be participating. But I think uh, route optimization is a very niche topic that only me and like two more people are interested in. So. Uh, if you're out there, uh, come and join us in the monthly. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do want to shift gears just a little bit. You know, we're talking about Rando a lot, but uh, your gaming history, you said you were a big Nintendo uh, family. Uh, were there any other like games that stuck out in your childhood that you really enjoyed or maybe still enjoy to this day? Absolutely. Uh, most of them. Yeah, we, we had every Mario game and every Zelda game. And they were, they were great. We, I grew up with Mario Bros, right? And mm -hmm. I might not play them today as much. Like I play, I've played SMB3 Rando. That was a joy. Um, and I played Ocarina of Time Rando. Uh, not as a race thing. It's terrible. Like the input lag, the frame yeah. rate. Uh, horrible times, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, it's, it's fun party game. Yeah, but apart from like the main staples, uh, my first true uh, video game love, I guess we can call it, was Bubble Bubble. Okay, it was my now, second, I've heard of that, but I haven't had a lot of experience with it. No, it was my second Nintendo game ever, and... I got it for my birthday, I think. And I used to remember the manual, you know, when it came with booklets and it had uh, illustrations yeah. of all the fruits. I was just fascinated by the colors and the fruits. I used to remember them very vividly. And we played that game a lot. Loved the bubbles, collecting points. <laughs> I even sent in a high score to the local Nintendo paper. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is that like the equivalent of like, uh, I guess your country's equivalent of like, we talk about Nintendo power over here in the States and like you could submit to a high score leaderboard via, yeah. via the like mail. Yeah, we had so. Nintendo magazine, it was called, uh, by the local importer, uh, Barry Sala. 
And then okay. they shut down and we got Superpower that covered all games. Okay. Uh, I still have all of those paper like back here in the shelf. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> I mean collecting those like that's uh, like I, I feel like those probably have some value. Uh no, not, they, not just no, sentimental no, no, no. but they are thoroughly red and Oh, okay. <laughs> no value will be had other than sentimental value. I would never even sell them, I think. Gotcha. You know, they got the old yeah. Zelda and Mario cartoons, or like the, the comics. Mm -hmm. They were part of Nintendo Power, I think. You mentioned Mario, and I was going to ask, like, every time I watch your stream and you're playing Rando, or A Link to the Past Rando, you're using a Mario sprite. So um, is there any, like... Have you had any connection with the Mario Brothers community as far as like you mentioned one randomizer trying that out? Uh, have you ever done the speed run anything of, in that regard? No, no, I, I can't do it. It's too it's too precise. I, my hands can't do it. I get RSI immediately. I mm -hmm. am not frame perfect man. I'm more of a I study the tools and the tricks and I I perform through sheer knowledge more than mechanical skill. That's uh, fair. That, like I would love to speed on Mario games and Celeste and all of these juicy platformers, but no, it, it will be just be for fun. Um, I, I mean, I'll say those like Mario brothers in general uh, at a high level. And you know, you mentioned Celeste, like all of those look Celeste looks intimidating to play. I, I still have not played that casually and it just, it looks like, uh, it's a, a the nightmare. best. It's so good. I may have to. I may have to cave and play it eventually because I've heard so many great things. But uh, I, you know, many years ago I got through Super Meat Boy and I was like, oh, this was like, oh, you know, see. like anxiety ridden as just far as like how precise you had to be. Another thing, uh, random related uh, with your stats that I wanted to ask about. Recently, I learned that you had a program that could track all of your room times. Uh, Yes. Can you can you talk about that a bit? Um, it is a tool that I made my brother develop because uh, <laughs> he's the programmer. <laughs> I'm just uh, the facilitator. Uh, and we had this idea that what if we can uh, have a database of all transitions and then we can go and ask questions like, Hey, I am into chicken house and I need to go to Eastern Palace. I have these items. What's the fastest route? And right. for, for NMG, this is a known, there are known answers to these questions. But every, for, for Rando, we have a million different routing scenarios. You can't map them all. So That's right. To learn, what do you do? Well, you guess you go by community consensus or you time it yourself. And none of those are correct uh, in, the, in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not perfect when we play, uh, you know, so it's, it's hard to have that, I guess. Yeah. So the first step in this endeavor was to, well, if we don't have the timings, let's just track the timings by brute force, by playing seeds. So, uh, Together, we mapped the, the RAM values needed to track all of the room transitions. And he made a tool in Rust because he was learning Rust at the time. 
uh, as a side project. So it was mostly f- for him to learn Rust, but it came out really mm-hmm. great. And you run this tool and it just logs everything you do in a text file. Every room transition you do, every item you use, every location you check, and when it happens. And then this is what is lacking now. You have the data, now you have to use it. And there's not really any use for it because as my brother does, he finishes the thing mm-hmm. and moves on. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, I don't know Rust, so I, I know some Python scripting. So I made some implementations where I can convert these text files to, uh, here's your route, here's how much time you spent in each region. Like, oh, you spent 20 seconds on Armus. Okay, interesting. And you can run it and compare it to an opponent's seed or opponent's race, for example, and see how much time they spent on the same regions, for example. Um, but the tool is there, and if there's someone who's interested in just making a making this second tool to collate the data and build a route database, it's there. Interesting. Like that that kind of blows my mind to think about. Like it seems like subsplits and live split, but very you know very expanded. Because I remember a long time ago, Trinex had mentioned he was trying to have like every room transition as a subsplit just to get an, like an enormous amount of data and was not able to, to, to get live split to work correctly with it, I believe. Mm. I'm not sure how far that project got along, but it sounds like that's kind of what you have it's here basically at this point. the same thing, right? It's, it's every subsplit for rando, but with subsplits, your next split depend on the previous split having happened, right? So it only mm-hmm. does one at a time. And here it just right. tracks every time you go to a different place. It's like, oh, you went to this place now. This was your previous place and the timings in between. So uh, it, it's automated. Like you don't need to define mm-hmm. subsplits. It just happens. It's just like, so I guess that's like a... It's just this big lump sum of data and you kind of have to know how to read it to, to because I've actually never seen the output of this. But the, we, we were very concerned about breaking any rules, like if you wanted people to use this. So uh, the output file is just a bunch of ones and zeros, basically, or like ID numbers. And then you have to run that with the JSON file that has all of the names to get what is actually okay. happening. And when you during the run, the window that is open outputs nothing. So you can't gain any knowledge. You can't map your entrances or anything like that. Like even okay. though we, we're reading forbidden RAM, the user doesn't get any forbidden information until they convert the text file at the end to a readable format. So, gotcha. And it doesn't, yeah. I guess it doesn't output that text format until like, you know, it's done reading all the data and then here's your lump sum text file. It, it does continuously output it, actually, but that's just the okay. nature of it, that it does that. Sure, yeah. I, mean, it, I guess it could take a while to store that in RAM, uh, so to speak, or it's like the, your PC RAM as far as reading it and then exporting it all. Uh, yeah, like who's going to take, like if you're a person who wants to take a text file of random ID numbers and convert, build a tool to convert that to 
an automated entrance tracker? Why are you not just building an, an automated entrance tracker? Yeah. And, and hide yeah, it. For like, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> it, we only like built in safety so people wouldn't accidentally break rules. That, that was the goal, right? So, sure. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's, that's commendable. You definitely don't want to uh, accidentally yeah. <laughs> do things like that. But that, that's I, I think that's amazing because like that actually really helps. I think that would help with those async spoilers quite a bit. And also, um, you know, I guess your normal runs, like you said, you would compare to you could use that tool to compare, you know, a rough estimate of what your opponent was doing and spinning in those specific times. You may not be fighting Armos or navigating Eastern Palace at, say, the exact same time, but you've got your data of how long you were there in each room, and then you've got your opponents that you could check from a VOD. So I think that comparison is pretty sick. Exactly. I would love that to be like a standard. It would be so cool to, after a race, just click a button and see how much time did my opponent spend in Easton, and how much time did I spend in Easton. And like, oh, he spent zero seconds in Easton. He was an Easton skipper. Uh, or sure. we were both in Easton, but they did it five minutes faster somehow because they're amazing. And then you learn from that. <laughs> they yeah. had the boots and they didn't <laughs> check the vanilla big key chest or something. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, or they warped to the boss. Uh, maybe that's some hybrid major glitches stuff that's yet to be discovered on how to warp to the boss. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that would be amazingly cool. But again, that, then someone needs to write that to make that happen it needs to be user friendly and sadly this is just a logger it's not mm -hmm. um, outputting user friendly information now sadly sure so i you know with these like data points that you you know I, i've been kind of talking to the stats i called you the statistician of rando um i'm assuming you take that and you apply that to your game you said you were the type of guy who uses uh your brain more than you do your like execution or like, you know, physical execution with the controller. Um, does that help you, you know, stuff like that, analyzing past races, does that really help you, I guess, to make decisions in, in future races and when you are presented with a similar scenario? I, I'd like to think so. I don't have an intuition for what is a risky play. Like I need to calculate the odds for that. Like some people, okay. they just feel like, oh no, dipping Eastern today, it, it's bad. And then the next read is like, oh, dipping, not dipping Eastern, oh, that's bad. Like they just know. <laughs> and then you ask them, like, why? Like, it was just bad. Like I couldn't not do it. It's like, and I'm talking to, about Gamma mostly here because. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I try to probe them and like, but what do you think? The knowledge is just—it's just, it's just bad. I couldn't do it, or I can. Uh, I had to do it. But me, mm -hmm. I need the data. I need to understand the probabilities. I need to look at the times, and I do that sometimes. Not so much nowadays uh, because things happen. Peak rando has happened, and, and so on. But um, right. as an example, the Eastern Palace big key gamble. Uh, like you have an item left, is it on the boss or the big key chest? It's a 50-50. Right. What do you do? Well, if you go to the, if you do the, run the numbers, right? And say you go to the boss first and then go back in if you lose the gamble, on average, that costs you less time than if you go to the chest first 
and then the boss. So on that, you said that's less time? On average, on like, if you compare the two scenarios, one, you go to the big key chest first and then the boss always. And the gamble mm -hmm. where you first go to the boss and sometimes get to skip the big key chest and sometimes sure. go back in and take a time loss. On average, you gain time. Okay, yeah, so you're saying in, on average, the, the item usually ends up on the boss in, in your experience. No, on, on average, uh, because 50% of the time you don't have to go back in for the item, the time loss for when you have to go back in is less than the time loss for always checking the item first. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of big brain. I feel I feel really I feel really uneducated right now well, to try and calculate that. <laughs> we, we do the exact same gamble for the Turtle Rock big chest. Where we gamble that okay. there's no that there will be a key on Laser Bridge. Right? That's the exact same gamble, mm -hmm. although the time difference is much more in favor of doing that gamble. That we go right. to the bridge first because it's only a 3% chance that we'll eat the two-minute time loss or, so, or whatever. And that outweighs all of the times so we gain time by not checking the big chest. So I, I do okay. those sort of things. And then I have these conversations and people look at me. It's like, you look at me now. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> and mean... Then, and they I, try to follow my thinking, right? And uh, I think I'm right. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see the case for it. So like... I mean, I suck at like stats. I suck at, you know, spreadsheets and stuff, but I, I know you're good at both of those things. And I feel like if you had all that data and then calculated like risk reward and then some other things, yeah, the percentage on face value to us runners, it's 50, 50 at that given time, but the percentages are a little different. You know, we talk about the TR one you mentioned, that's what 10% is what people like to say, you know, it's a 10% probability you get burned. So I mean, <laughs> Most people take that gamble because of the actual, you know, face value, what they see. I, I can't think. I mean, I, I try to think two or three rooms ahead when I'm playing or two or three decisions ahead, potentially, depending on what items might pop up. I can't think I can't think about that stat right now. So I, I'm actually kind of I'm really impressed that you, that's things that you consider while racing. Uh, like beyond the, the face value 50 50. Well, I don't do run calculations during a race. Like, and I, of course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're not, it's okay. So you I don't do the, them like. I make the decision off. beforehand. Like, if this scenario happens, okay. This is what I do. Like, like the big chest in Turtle Rock. Like, you skip it. Okay. In favor of a small key on Laser Bridge. So, how many times, how many times has Eastern Palace big key chest burned you? I think twice. But that's because okay. that's the second factor, right? You should go back in. in. Like in my scenario, as I describe it, you go back in for the item if you lose the gamble. But I don't because I'm human. I just take the risk instead. I just take the risk instead. And that's where the human feelings come in. Like I, maybe I should go back in and then I don't because I just, I just want to time save. And yeah. Uh, that's we, a completely we de desperately that, want time save. Yeah, that's a completely <laughs> different conversation uh, that I don't know the answer to at all. That's some game theory uh, level that I don't know. Like I am not a statistician, believe it or not. Like I, I'm a biochemist. Um, well, you're real smart. <laughs> that, that, the biochemist sounds real smart to me. Uh, <laughs> real educated. 
maybe. I, I wouldn't say I'm smarter than anyone in the random community. Uh, we are the same stupid people as anyone else. Sure. I mean, we're playing this game, right? It's, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of the... <laughs> Oh, man, that's kind of uh, how I view it, at least. It's like I know, you know, some days when I feel bad about playing rando, uh, you know, I think everybody has those. Uh, I just say, well, you know, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people who do this and they get enjoyment out of it. So it, there's definitely some credibility to it. I, I didn't. It rarely happens. I feel bad because what's there's so many bad alternatives. I could be out doing meth. I could be homeless. Sure. I could be watching TV. I could be watching you know, su survivor reruns while eating cookie <laughs> dough. The cookie dough sounds good. I don't know about survivor personally, but you know, <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended anyone's uh, guilty pleasures there. Uh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, don't, don't feel bad. Um, I do like, I, I mentioned early, there was a, uh, a bit of, you know, your passion with, kind of sticking your head out there and just kind of throwing things out to the community and uh, mode creation, I feel like is one of those things or, you know, the attempting of that. Um, I know you were one of the admins, I believe if I'm correct for the avian art tournament. Yes. And that tournament had some very interesting modes. So can you talk like maybe tell us a little bit how you, you and beer and everybody else that was, was involved came up with some of these off the wall, crazy modes. Well, it all started with Pottery Lottery, really. Okay. That, that, mo that setting was released in the Door Random branch in like January 2022. Right. And I, w well, I wanted to play it. And what better mode to play a pot shuffle mode than a Triforce Hunt? So... It just happened to be that Oro was like nearby me in chat uh, as I was spitballing this idea and together me and Oro came up with the true pot hunt mode. Um, the spirit of the mode was probably more Oro uh, coming okay. up with the idea that it should be called a true pot hunt. You start with a lamp because you got to light those pots after you finished. Sure. And, <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, and, and, and of course the 420 goal item, uh, but it just so happened to be that it just worked out to be a really balanced mode uh, for a beginner pottery hunt. Uh, because in, in a Triforce hunt, you don't need to find every pot. It doesn't matter if you skip the hidden pots in Eastern, there's more Triforce pieces. You're not scared that you're going to leave things behind. You start with a lamp, you're not scared you're going to die in a dark cave somewhere. You just go have fun and you get this dopamine rush every time you lift a pot. It's great. Everybody loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely enjoyed it. I mean, I, the few times I've played it, I, I, I can't say that I wasn't having fun doing it. Exactly. It's just fun lifting pots, uh, I think. And so that was the start, but that... What really started, it was just an offhand comment by me in some restream where I pitched the, what is this, is this even randomized, the mode, where mm -hmm. half of the items are in their vanilla position, used to make fun of the Twitch chat memes. And from <laughs> that, like, Eri 
Okay, I'm going to pick out error here uh, because I posted this idea in the 40 Bonks Discord and Aria was one of the people who replied like, I'd play that. And he, he was my sole inspiration for actually making that mode come true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I made it and like, here it is. It's so dumb. Let's play it. It's fun. And that was the catalyst for beer contacting me saying, you should run a tournament. And like, no way I would run a tournament. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's but, such a terrible <laughs> idea. I didn't say I that. anybody would do that. Uh, I didn't say that to him. Uh, I used to say, well, only if you're an admin. And, he's, and then he said, yes. So I was stuck with it. Um, and here we are. So we, we decided to run a tournament with meme modes or fun modes that are... I don't like to call them meme modes. It has sort of a negative connotation because we really try hard to make them raceable, if that makes sense. Yeah, you don't want them to be completely stupid. You want them to have yeah. some form of viability with a little bit of fun mixed in where it's not just like super serious, like, you know, no fun allowed. It's like the Smash Brothers Melee, Fox only, no items, final destination all the time in Rando. You want you want a little bit of the, the party feel to it. Exactly. So no true true I start hunts, but modes that are stupid, but raceable that inspires people to just have fun and, and relax a bit. And, and I think we achieved that in the end. And we, we just had to come up with more modes then. So that spawned all the mm -hmm. other modes that we put in there, like uh, inverted chrismizer and anti-rosha. And why is that <laughs> there? Uh, which is an even more laugh at Twitch chat humor. Um, oh, yeah. Why is that there is supposed to be every every bad take by Twitch chat. There's always a sword in Swamp. Isn't, isn't there a glove with Swamp too? Is that always, on left side specifically? No, there's always a, there's always mitts in Swamp. Okay. Uh, the, not the non-progressive mitts. <laughs> oh, so you could just go, yeah, okay. So in that mode, I actually never played that mode. So I'm assuming that mode, you could go from no glove to straight mitts. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what was funny was the very first seed that was played in the qualifiers, both a glove and mitts were in swamp. And some people found the glove first and left because they thought it was the mitts and then never found the oh, mitts. Oh, no. Because they confused, <laughs> like, we couldn't really communicate the, clearly that the mitts were the mitts and not a progressive glove. So right. they just left and then they got a bit upset with us, but they could handle it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, didn't you guys advertise it as a meme tournament anyway? Like, you know, you can't, can't take it too serious. I, I, get, I get being upset, but you can't get mad at the admins for that. I feel like that's a, if I did that, that's a, I didn't pay attention. I'm, I'm an idiot type of moment for me personally. No, we, we did clarify the settings. Um, there was a lot of explanations to be had for all of these modes. And I'm, I'm impressed by each and every one who actually read anything in a tournament doc. Like, I, I know you can appreciate that too. Like, I don't <laughs> think anyone reads any tournament docs. They don't. They just enter. <laughs> I've, I've teamed with people. I've teamed with people uh, with league across the years. You know, it's only been what two two different teams, but they have said, "All right, you're one of the admins. Tell me what the rules are." <laughs> so 
I mean, it's kind of like that's that's usually how it is. I think with the majority of folks, it's oh, yeah. kind of like you expect, especially the team ones. You expect one person to read the rules and everybody to kind of know. Or I don't know how this works. Maybe I should look at the rules document. I think in a, in a meme tournament mode where uh, you know everything's a little different, like off the wall, so to speak. Then you can, I, I would be reading a little more just to clarify. All right, how does this work? You know, yeah, I could I could also see the whole. I, I, I would I, probably leave. I sure leave hope with the they did because we had the musical chairs round in in the group stage two. <laughs> that was a fantastic <laughs> way. I gotta say, I don't think I've ever told you guys directly, but that was a fantastic way to do groups because I had so much fun watching those, and I know scheduling those could be a potential nightmare having to do you know a four way race. But I think the people who were participating did very well with that, uh, you know, as far as like you, you guys timeline. And then also, like, it was just entertaining to watch when whenever I could, because it was like, all right, it's just don't finish last. That's it. Exactly. And I, I might as well explain uh, in case any of the listeners hasn't. Sure. And the musical chairs is basically a random battle royale. Right. But musical chairs sounds more fun. Uh, where we would have four people initially in the group stage two uh, do the same seed at the same time in a four-way race, and the last person to finish would get eliminated. And then the next race was between the three people and then the two people. So we put that at stage two because then at least we knew that the people remaining were committed to the tournament. So they wouldn't, but you wouldn't have, have you'd have less drops. Yeah, they they wouldn't have issues as many issues scheduling because they would be hopefully people who were in it, in it for for gaming, right? And it worked out fine uh, in this time. So that was that was yeah. great, absolutely great. I also enjoyed the fact, and we talked about it on one of our you know mainline series episodes where. Uh, you know, Jay Nishir was one of the ones who made finals and I think got in based off of what was it? The, the spinning wheel. Spinning on kind wheel. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The wild card Jay Nishir uh, beat all the odds. Almost. It was great because we had one wild card spot in the end because of uneven groups and we spun a wheel and selected one of them by random chance on stream. Mm-hmm. It was great. <laughs> I guess uh, another thing to bring up here, uh, as far as like things I've seen your name pop up in with uh, with Rando is, mm, uh, or M M M M. So, mm, yeah. So, <laughs> do you care to uh, elaborate a little bit and let let people know what mm is? Oh, it could, it could be anything really. Anything you could put your mind to can be an mm. Uh, okay. But, but in in reality, it is a magical mystery maker or Mike's Magical Mystery Maker. I'm not the most clever with names, uh, but it's stuck around. And (laughs) I've been wanting to do this for a while, actually. Like, I made a simple Mystery Maker a year ago, but I wasn't happy with it. And I gave it another shot now. And it's similar to how Duncan implemented the new ladder mystery mode, where you have a point system and then the, the settings sort of consume points up until a certain point. And then it's like no more settings. So you sort of ensure that you get novel settings, but you don't mm-hmm. get nightmare seeds is the, sure. is the idea. And I, I, I made a s- 
sort of a version of that a year ago, but I wasn't happy with it because a simple point per setting wasn't enough. There's too many variables to consider uh, for a seed's novelty. Uh, you can't just lump together, or at least I didn't think so for the way I wanted to implement it. Uh, I, I didn't think one point could describe execution and stuff like entrance or uh, fast ped goals uh, in the same way. Right. So I broke it down into four different attributes per setting for all the settings on the or random branch. And those settings are speed, like how much the setting influences the length of the seed. Uh, execution, like how much execution is it expected from the runner? An OCO seed is high execution. If you have easy health, it's low execution. And mm -hmm. familiarity, like how familiar do you need to be with Rando to finish the seed? Door Rando is a high familiarity. Oh, casual, yeah, sure. casual boots is a low familiarity. You can just go and play it. And the last one is variance. And that's sort of tricky because that sort of encapsulates what's the spread of the seed. If you compare seed by seed or two runners running the same seed, what are, what's the, the range of finishing times? So if you have a zero, zero fast scan and that's a high variance goal, right? Or right, right. if you have all dungeons, it's a low variance because you have to do everything. And Triforce Sons tends to be a higher variance. So all of these attributes for every setting on the door under branch, uh, I just made up numbers. And as I went along, I fine-tuned these numbers. And now I can set a range for each of these attributes. And I can roll a mystery seed that ensures that the seed has a combination of settings that are within this range. Okay. And that is the MMMM. So it's, it's a little more, I guess, like build your build your own mystery like i think you were saying and then you know you kind of set your own parameters as to how hard or how long potentially you'd like yeah. your, your seed to be so example you can do stuff like i want to play a really long seed but i don't want it to be high execution so you set mm -hmm. execution zero length 15 or above and you get door rando but it's not going to be swordless it's not going to be hot item pool, and so on. And you still get that mystery settings uh, feel to it. You don't know what you're going to get. Okay. So it, does, it doesn't guarantee, like, you know, it doesn't guarantee, like, I guess, like, all four swords are going to be, if you set it to zero, no. all four swords aren't going to be, like, sphere one or something. No, it does nothing like that. It's only the initial settings. Okay. Uh, but you, you can have starting inventory items that modify the parameters. So if you say, oh, I only have a, like an hour, I want to do a really fast seed, length minus five, you're very likely is going to end up with starting boots, flute, mirror, and a fast gather goal, right? Uh, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen. It could be expert item pool or uh, restricted entrance still. So and we had a lot of fun with this uh, past few months. A, a lot of people have had a lot of fun with this. We have this. Yeah, open I think I've had one experience with it, but it was like, 
and I think I got some kind of like non entrance pot hunt. We were doing a multi world with some folks, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we have this open on the avian art art uh, site, so anyone can go in and roll their own MMMM seeds at any time. So huge thanks to Cody for putting this together. Uh, same with the avian art tournament. He was the one who made it not horrible to admin because he put together uh, a bot, a website, uh, permalinks, the whole shebang. It's all there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and Beer, we were just the facilitators of Cody's code (laughs) in the end. Uh, You guys were the the face of the tournament or the faces of the tournament, so to speak. I would would like to say that Beer is the face of the tournament and I'm, I'm more of a can I just hide, please? Uh, I'll, I'll come out if I need to decide something. Uh, and Fair I, enough. I might as well tell, say that here, that um, uh, an Easter egg in the avian art tor- uh, uh, Discord is that all the admins have roles and colors that correspond to uh, officer roles and colors in Star Trek Voyager. Okay, I, I'm not a big Star Trek person, but I, I respect that. That's actually kind of cool. Uh. So, for example, uh, Kyam Cody is a seven of nine and is purple. Okay, yeah, I see that now. And then you have you have Chief Morale Officer uh, Meandium. I think I'm saying that correctly. Yes. And then the Tactical Officer, which was Beer, which is a, a yellow, and then uh, the Chief. Uh, helmsman, which is you, yeah, uh, with a nice, I believe that's like a, a type of purple or red mix of the two. The red, yeah. We, we don't have any captains because I didn't want to assume that anyone was steering this ship anywhere. The ship's just, <laughs> the ship is just going, right? Like wherever it goes is where we're going. I'm just driving. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of uh, autopilot. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's shift gears, you know, where we've been talking about rando a bit. I'm going to keep going down that rando train just a bit. Looking at your team in league, the last location is you guys um, only have been around for two seasons, but made quite the splash. Uh, you guys came into season four in the open, went 12 and two as a team. And you personally went eight and three. Uh, very good record. And I know uh, how, how was that? I guess. Tell me a little bit about how your league experience, uh, you know, with the whole promotion and relegation stuff was, since that's kind of the only time you've been around. I don't know what to say about the promotion relegation stuff other than we were just happy to play rando, you know. And of course, Fair. Um, so let me, we can back up a bit uh, to October 2020, mm-hmm. where I, I decided, like, I, I need to play this game with more people and I had no friends in the community. So it's always awkward to try and insert yourself somewhere, you know? Sure. Hello, I'm new here. I'm really cool. (laughs) If you get to know me, Uh, (laughs) please don't judge. Uh, So it just happened to be that I raised Scottish brave on her first ever ladder seed. Okay. And I beat her, of course, because I'm, I'm definitely better than her at all times. Um, all right. Shots are fired. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> that's definitely not true anymore. But uh, I, I had two months on her 
uh, back then. So uh, I was the experienced one back then. And she was just really friendly and I was friendly back and it was just a good time. So I decided that, oh, Brave and her uh, partner, Sen, they're going to be my multi-world friends. Um, they didn't know it back then, but I, I decided, well, we're going to play multi-world before Christmas. And I, I coerced them into trying. They never played a multi-world. Right. They, they were new as well to the game, but they, they were chill and EU members and spoke English. So jackpot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so we decided to play multi-world over the, the holidays and they roped in a few of their friends that they knew from the community like Homewrecker and Vix Rider and we had tons of fun playing multi-world and then they said oh this is league thing should we form a team next year absolutely and we did and here we are and they commissioned a, a logo for us uh, through okay. Graves um, Twitch art uh, commissioner. It was great. We have different hats for our three pendants uh, that represent us. So we, we have the, the Viking hat for the Swede. We got the Scottish, uh, I don't even know what it's called, uh, the hat anymore. And it looks like a, it looks like a kilt, I, I believe. Uh, <laughs> at least in the texture of it. I may, you know, and like the patterning. I may be wrong with that though. I hope, I hope what I'm saying is not offensive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and then the, an American uh, hat for Sen, who was originally from America and then emigrated to the UK. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. Like, it was just fun to be part of a team in, in a team tournament experience. Like, the league is such a good place for that. And it didn't matter what the scores were in the end. Uh, of course, you can say that with ease when you almost won the thing, right? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but we were truly in it just to have a good time. And then once we reached the um, the playoffs, like, oh shit, we, we did it. Great, mm -hmm. that was amazing. This was our goal all along, right? Uh, yeah, sure. That was, <laughs> the fun carried us right to our goal. We didn't know that, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was a huge experience this year or last year to play in the Invitational because two years ago, it was an insurmountable challenge to play with the big boys, you know? Sure. And I remember like you guys starting out the Invitational this year. I think you, you guys had like high hopes that you could do well. I don't think you guys were like, in. I think I kind of heard this maybe from, from, Zen and or Scottish a bit into some Twitch chats, but it was kind of a maybe a surprise to you guys that you guys did as well as you did this year. But I mean, it's kind of like you're in the Invitational for a reason. I think any team that's there is definitely capable of doing it. You just got to have some, some days you just got to have the cards fall just right. You know, we're, we're playing a random game after all. Yeah, no, we we did really well. Uh, absolutely. So that, that was uh, an amazing journey. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, it was great not being in the playoffs. You know, I was so burnt out the last time. Like I just wanted the thing to end by Christmas. I was like, no. Uh -huh. Last game, I lost like amazing. I'm out of here. I'm never playing Rando again until tomorrow. Uh, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, it definitely it, uh, league and its structure. Like, there's some things we can work on. We won't go into that, but it's kind of like it's it it's very drawn out, especially after the regular season into the playoffs. Maybe there's some things we can improve for the overall player morale. Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, like, but like with all tournaments, the the group stage is the the main event. I think. I, I truly mm-hmm. think that once the group stage is over, interest fades very rapidly. I, I don't disagree. You know, it's one of those things where I, I've joked with the league admins, like we should just do the group stage and then call it a day and just give like a bunch of titles. And I agree. Be done. I agree. Um, I've pitched the same idea to people, and some people, I you are in an insane person. Uh, and some people, yes, completely. There has to be, there has to be an overall winner, right? Like there has to be, that's, that's the way it works. There yeah. can't be multiple winners, Mike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Someone just needs to be brave enough to make a tournament that has no brackets and then see. Just qualifiers, right? These <laughs> qualifiers, groups, the musical chairs, and then the end. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> You won your musical chair group. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I actually that uh, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Um, speaking of tournaments, you know, you you've qualified for the main tournament, uh, I believe, what last year. Uh, and were were you in it in twenty twenty one? I don't have that stat in front of me. Yes, I I made it to Challenge Cup uh, brackets in twenty twenty one. I was just below the cutoff for main and was like one of the top seeded in in Challenge Cup and made it gotcha. to. I don't know, not the quarterfinals, but the eighth. I'm not entirely sure. I lost to Malik Santolos, uh, is what I mm-hmm. remember. Uh, one of the races, I didn't check Hobo. No, I didn't check the old man without lamp and missed out on boots for a while. Uh, that was a bit uh, upsetting. <laughs> oh yeah, for, for sure. When they, whenever you miss boots, it's always upsetting. Like. I'm I'm one of the biggest upsetty people when there's no boots, so uh, <laughs> I get it. Um, do you do you have any plans to? Are, are you planning to participate in the main tournament um, with the qualifiers and such this year, or or is Mike going to take a little bit of a tournament break? Probably not. Uh, well, probably not a break because my last day at my job is on Thursday, and then I have nothing until July uh, when my okay. next job starts. So. I will probably spend a little bit of time on Brando. Uh, prob- All right. Um, Prime time for some multi-worlds and winning the main tournament, right? Winning the main <laughs> tournament. Uh, I will see. We'll see about that. Uh, we're going to do the qualifiers and uh, see where that takes us, basically, as always. Oh, yeah. I, I say I say winning the main tournament. I mean that in jest. Like, I do agree with what Ari has said a lot, is that, like, any time in randomizer, expectation kills, like, completely all of the fun with it. So just having that attitude, like you mentioned, of doing the qualifiers and see where things take us is probably the best way to look at it. Definitely. Like, once you get expectations that, oh, I should win this race, you should stop. Like, it's no, it's mm-hmm. no fun. It's no good. I, it, yeah. it has happened to me a little bit recently in ladder, and I've I've just stopped playing ladder a lot because either I lose and I feel I should have won this or why am I bad and had no fun playing the seed, or I win and like of course I won. It was this person, mm-hmm. and I, I'm ashamed of feeling that way. Like that's that's not what I want to feel. I want to have fun. Yeah. I want to engage with the community. I want to talk about the seed. 
I want to analyze route. I don't want to feel like I should have won a seed I didn't enjoy playing. Like So expectation really kills the fun. You're absolutely right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I've, I, I'm guilty of that. Like I'm guilty of being in a tournament bracket where I can see my opponent and I think I should be able to win this. And then I end up losing. And I'm like, uh, you know, what's 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 wrong with that? And then I, I, the problem there is me. Like it's not there. It's not their skill. It's not my skill. It's just me. It's because of the expectation. I do also. I, I want to ask you a couple other things real quick. What, what's your favorite MSU pack? We didn't get to talk with Tyler about this on his episode. I asked him after the fact. So as far as like playing rando, what's your favorite MSU to use? It used to be the Super Mario RPG MSU. I used it almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. And I still use it for races most of the time, especially when you need something for Restream that is Restream friendly. But I made my own last year called the Commodore 64 Bangers MSU, uh, which is exactly <laughs> that. It's bangers from the Commodore 64 uh, era of games. And it's great. Okay. It's, there's two songs there that triggers on YouTube so it can't be re- restreamed. Whatever, I love it. Um, the Commodore 64 has an amazing audio chip for ship tunes, and there are some real bangers in these games. And I picked all of them out. Every banger is in there. I, it's a full extended MSU. It's amazing. Uh, of course, it's amazing because I made it. Uh, that's what I yeah, think. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> uh, so. It's really good. Like the, the origin of this MSU is actually interesting because there's one track in there, uh, Commando, which is playing in Skullwood's Overworld, that featured on a Swedish radio show about ship tunes in the 90s. And I remember being a teenager late at night listening to this episode and you think, oh man, that's a real banger. This song. And I spent like mm-hmm. a good two, three days trying to hunt that track down by just Googling ship tune banger. I don't, I, like, I didn't know what to look for. Yeah. It's so hard when, before we had like Shazam and other like apps that would identify songs for us. Like I, I, I remember that, like that, mm. that era of like, I hear the song. I don't know what it's called. Will the guy on the radio, please tell me. Yeah. But like I did this now on a memory from 20 years ago trying to hunt this song down to make the MSU pack. And that was the first track I put in. And then I, when I eventually found that, I was like, yes, we're going to make this MSU pack now. So that's that. That's pretty good. Another thing to, to ask here, uh, and I've been, I'm asking all, all three of the first guests this, um, what is your most embarrassing moment in playing rando? Or the most embarrassed maybe you've been while playing rando? I've thought a lot about this because I listened to Tyler's episode. So I got a a warning on this question. You got a little bit of a heads up. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't have a good answer, I think, because like I like to overthink things. Uh, So when people ask me, what's your most or best, like my brain just shuts down. Like, oh, I can't possibly distinguish between apples and pears. And then just, so I have to sort of, shut that down. <laughs> right, right, sure. Uh, there's many things that could be embarrassing, but I don't feel embarrassed anymore about, like maybe in the moment, like my yeah, first the, restream the ever, 
I died in escape. That was, that was funny, <laughs> but I wasn't embarrassed. Like this is an empty answer, but it was funny in the way that I died and then all tension was just lost and I could relax and play the seed instead because it couldn't be worse right. now. Yeah, I, I I can relate to that. Like, especially like first couple of times being restreamed, you, you know, you make a, a terrible mistake. I, I was that guy that in the 2018 tournament that it's like, oh, no, I missed a bomb and bomb escape on this guard. And now I have officially lost. They're going to dot done any second. And we're two minutes in. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I can I can understand that. But like in, in terms of embarrassing moments, like I, I swore on on as a commentary on, on speed gaming once by accident, because I, I don't think about that. So when, yeah, that, that was, that happened. Um, that was a bit embarrassing, I would say, but nothing major. I think personally, like something that I am actually embarrassed about was the restream that Scottish Brave did of my last HMG tournament race in the GOMO, like the mentorship race. Uh, I actually lost uh, my last race and I reacted very poorly. Like I, I have never rage quit a restream before. I, I like, I shut down my game and my stream immediately. And I, I walked away when I saw the dot right. done and that has never happened before. I never had that reaction to losing before. Like I was surprised by this reaction. Like, why am I in this way? Mm -hmm. um, and then I came back and I did an interview and calmed myself down from that. But it, it wasn't good. And sort of indicates to me that I am more enjoying non-competitive rando now than competitive rando. And I should focus more sure. on those bits, which is what I've done since. Even though I immensely, that's, that's good. immensely enjoyed the HMD tournament, uh, it was great in you know, every way. And that was just me getting hung up uh, on, on the racing aspect of it for some reason now and that I don't fully understand. So that I'm embarrassed by that. Absolutely. It's, it's very, it's very similar to that dopamine that we get picking up all the pots and finding those Triforce pieces and finding your items, I think. And then we, 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 we all crave as a competitive people, you know, obviously if, if we're competing for this long, you know, more than like, say, all right, we, you know, the healthy limit we'll say, or something, um, you know, like your brother had with, with Rando, uh, as far as like the latter uh, past that, it's like, we crave being like having some success, whether it be, um, you know, winning the whole thing or just winning, a, winning a race here and there. But yeah, I agree with you. Like I've, I've, I've had those moments too, where it's like, I try not to show it publicly if I can, but it's just kind of like, I'm done. Like, you know, just throw like throw the whole controller down, so to speak, not like slam it, but like, I'm done. I'm not playing this game anymore. Like I'm not going to race it end up coming back. Cause I, I, I do enjoy the racing, but you know, when you do get to that feeling, I, I, I totally, I, I really understand a little bit of, of how that feels to an extent, not exactly, but I do know along those lines, I appreciate you sharing that. that. That's actually, I think, real insightful, especially for people who may not be, you know, too deep in racing. It's kind of like, these are some of the things you might experience and how you may feel while while playing and winning and losing. Yeah, I think there's a big understated um, 
uh, imposter syndrome throughout the community as well that um, maybe we should talk about more. Like a lot of people I know feel like they should perform better than they are mm-hmm. and that they should be ashamed that they aren't. And that's always like from when like you think you have expectations on you that you don't have or that you are worse than you are because you, and this is my own analysis of imposter syndrome. And, and I, my background in academia, I've confronted imposter syndrome a lot. It's massive there, right? Sure. In academia. Uh, but for similar reasons, I think it's because when you're smart, like when you are learning, when you are interested in a subject, and when you think about a subject a lot, you after a while start to see everything that is bad, that can be improved, that can be done better. And for some reason, we are triggered to, when we see something that can be improved, we think we are bad instead of seeing we are now good enough to see what is bad. We have improved to a point where we can see what to improve. And then we mm-hmm. think we are bad and we, because, oh, we should have done that already. We should have already improved. We should have already overcome the obstacles. And I think that's part of the reason we see so much imposter syndrome, like so much anxiety over performing or improving. Once you reach this first hump of initial joy for Rando, when you learn enough right. to see what is bad, you see this is speed on us all the time. Perfect execution run, worst run ever. Uh, The contrast (laughs) is extreme. Yes. (laughs) Because they see everything. Every frame missed, they see in extreme clarity because they have all that experience and knowledge. Yeah, it's very hard to focus on those positives then and you you only see the negative. You can't focus. It's like you get blinded to all the good, like you were saying. Yeah. And I, I think it's real a real shame that we cannot tell people as much that no, you are good. And we always have to play this game of no, I'm I'm so bad at this game at all times. And the, because then we perpetuate the, the notion that this is how you should behave if you are a an experienced runner as well. Like I'm guilty of this too. Like you have to exert this image of yourself thinking that you are bad at rando or bad at what you do because we're so afraid that someone might think that we think we're good at the game and then they will look down on us. I don't know if you agree, but that's how I see it. I I do agree with that. I I have a hard time personally, like, you know, Temp will tell me on this podcast, like, Dante, you're very good at at Rando. And I always say I'm not that great. And it's kind of like I, I, I personally struggle with I don't want people to think I'm so far up my own butt with how I think my, of myself that, you know, I've kind of, you know, partially I do believe that I do have a lot I can improve on as a player, as a person, uh, a, a member of this community. Um, at the same time, I kind of think that, yeah, I mean, I do think I am pretty good at this, but I know I'm not the best. But what uh, what I lose focus on, this is kind of why, I, you know, interjected a second ago is that, you know, I've gotten good enough to where all I focus on is the bad because I, uh, you know, I want the good to just come like secondhand without any effort because of how much effort I've put in. 
And when you don't have the, the effort to keep propelling you forward, you know, I think when you get to the higher end of rando, like execution, uh, you know, decision making is decision making. At that point, it's kind of done. But as far as like the execution, there's, you know, very much diminished returns. And a lot of people, that's when they start to shy away from that practice or those strategies. You talked earlier about, you know, what's the fastest way to route? We should have more open routing discussions. I think that's how the community can improve as a whole, you know, stuff like that. And how to effectively practice rooms. I, I, you've, I mean, what you've hit on the last five to 10 minutes here has been like super like that's hit me on like a personal level. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, of course I, I, we're always, we, I really appreciate that. We, we're all in the same mindset. I think most of us, I think sadly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And we, we all, we all need to be more positive. I think, right. That, as a community, I think we need to acknowledge that when we think about all the problems we have in, in our skill, like the more problems we see, that's just a sign that we have gotten better, right? Yeah. It's hard to rewire your brain to think of this as a power, not a, an anxiousness. Like the, the, yeah. the anxiousness comes after the clarity. Like the clarity is that, oh, you see what's wrong. But what you do with that is either you use that to improve or you get anxious because you haven't improved yet. Like we don't have to choose the second one. Like, and it's not that simple as choosing not to be anxious, but right. yeah, you have yeah, to it's practice. hard to do that. <laughs> you have to practice thinking, oh, I, I, I have acknowledged this problem. Do I want to improve? Yes. Because I, I, I know what the problem is now, I can improve on it. And, and that's an amazing skill to have if you want to be better at something. And peop, some people don't have that clarity. They think they're great, but they aren't. And that's the opposite spectra. Right. You know? and, and we don't have as many of those in the competitive rounder because you don't get to that level if you don't have any introspection. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, uh, this has been a great conversation. I've gotten to learn a lot about Rando, and like you, really, really, like I said, hit home here, right? On, on these last questions, I didn't know prompting, you know, a fun, embarrassing moment maybe in Rando would actually hit that, uh, you know, hit on that note. But that is that's something I think everybody can relate to that on the competitive side to some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks so much for for joining me today. I, uh, I was honored that you were accepting of the invitation to, to go on the journey with, with me on this and, you know, try, trial this out to see how folks enjoy it. But, uh, I really enjoyed my time with you today and I hope everybody listening has enjoyed it too. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Dante. This has been absolutely great. Uh, it's so fun, uh, to have conversations like this and, uh, anyone who's invited to your chats should be blessed, feel, should feel blessed. Uh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm hoping to get as many as we can. <laughs> oh, it's such a treat. And I love listening to these stories from every person who is involved in Rando. It's great. So thank you. All right. This has been Structural Mike on the GoMo podcast. This conversation really hit home. Going back and editing it, listening to it again, just really made me think about a lot of perspectives with Rando, a lot of perspectives that I have, other people have. And I think it really hits home 
for a lot of folks. Maybe I'm alone in that, but I, I do think I do think it does. Uh, so I don't know if you're one of those people. Let us know. I'd love to hear how people approach the game. I'd love to hear people be more open about how they feel about the game around tournament time. I hope everybody can go maybe try out a MMMM or uh, some Shadow Rush or another fun avian art mode. That's going to do it for today's episode. Big thanks again to Structural Mike. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll be back next week for more of the Mainline series with Temp and Herf. <laughs>